Hello everyone and welcome back to Hey Look Listen. My name is Liam Sheehan, joined here today by Kev O'Carroll. Kev, what up? Hey Liam, how you doing? Great. This is not, you know, usually when I, when I do this podcast, it's like I'm recording with someone I haven't like seen in ages or stuff like that, but we were actually like together just last weekend, so it doesn't feel as important, does it? Yeah, it's true. Um, do you want to just fuck it off or leave it? Just does it? Leave it there? Oh, and Good. thank you for tuning in. <laughs> what a extravagant episode of Halo. Listen, no, we must go back to the spook. We must return <laughs> to the spooky franchise that we said we'd return to, and actually doing this sooner than than we intended, I think. But um, you know, it's been fresh in our minds. We played both of them recently enough online <clears> together. <throat> but uh, before we get to that, Kev, you playing anything interesting at the moment? What's going on in your gaming life? Yeah, I'm playing a game you may have heard of. It was recommended oh. to me by a couple of nerds on a video game podcast. Um, <laughs> it's uh, called Mass Effect 2. <laughs> All right. are, are we the nerds? Am I, I one think, of the yeah. nerds? I think I think you are. I think nice so. one. Um, yeah, I'm playing it. I had got the Legendary Edition thing. Um, I didn't play it for some reason. It just didn't feel right i listened to your episodes oh. you guys had warned that you know the first one maybe isn't great but then it really picks up then in the second one so eventually like i i put the disc in i installed it i played the first one and i fucking hated it yeah yeah i i kind of love it but i get where you're coming from yeah. it felt like it felt like like i don't know like watching babylon 5 except you have <laughs> to do like 30 minutes of busy work between each episode because <laughs> um, I loved, I loved the characters and the plotting, but the actual gameplay of that first one is rubbish. And the the re-release Legendary Edition is like tidied up a little bit from the original. So the yeah, smoother. yeah. So you said so. I can only imagine how grating the original release must have been. Um, but then, because I had such a, a negative reaction to that one, even like knowing going in that I probably wasn't going to love it, it kind of put me off going on to the second one for a while. Mm. Until recently, when I was like, ah, I'll give it a go. And, buddy, you were not wrong. Yeah, you're it, so late on this one, Kev. I know, yeah. Like, I just feel like around people are like, have you heard? Mass Effect <laughs> 2 is actually really good. People are just like, yeah, everyone knows that. Um, it's great. I, I love the characters. Um, all of the, the shitty rough edges of the gameplay have been either removed or at least sanded down. Um, I'm still happiest when I'm playing that game and just like, balls deep in a dialogue tree the yeah you just stick to writing is it yeah the combat stuff is definitely markedly better um but it's not what i'm there for i'm there to just like hang out with morden you know yeah i i probably like when, when, I, when I played it back in 2010 or something like that it was just such a marked improvement over the first one but now we kind of have to think that game is 12 years old it's probably aged as well you know yeah there was yeah um but the writing is absolutely top shelf the characters are fantastic i'm really enjoying my time with it unreal i'm delighted you're playing that and i'm you know equally delighted you know low-key that you discovered it on halo glisten it's yeah. nice to find out that people are you know playing games because of halo glisten even if i have to get them onto the podcast <laughs> to discover <laughs> to discover that that's a thing exactly yeah um so how about you buddy what are you playing i'm uh, i'm playing the ps plus free game this month I uh, started it two nights ago. Um, Yakuza, like a dragon. Oh, very interesting. I've been meaning to to give the Yakuza games a go. How are you finding it? Yeah, so I've only played one Yakuza game. I've played Yakuza Zero, which is the one that kind of made it properly mainstream in the West. And a lot of people think, or a lot of people assume Yakuza is a kind of a Japanese Grand Theft Auto, but it's not. 
it's this really wacky story driven kind of brawler um it's a lot of melodrama it's a lot of funny mini games it's i really enjoyed yakuza zero and yeah. i someday i would like to go and play one two three four five and six but that yeah. seems like such an undertaking even though i do love the whole vibe i love being in those games they're like completely irreverent and they're both really self-serious and completely fucking off the wall insane at the same time in a, in a way that only a japanese game can be yeah but this new one is sort of um kind of a start of a new chapter in this franchise it's a new main character so i thought i could just kind of get in here and underground running and most importantly it's not really a beat-em-up anymore it's amazingly a turn-based um rpg jrpg yeah yeah which is crazy because i always say like you know jrpgs you know they should try, try different things aesthetically more you know you kind of as much as i love big jrpg fantasy adventures why not try different things and a kind of a yakuza based kind of a street level crime story um kind of wrapped around that genre is like really interesting to me yeah it does kind of feel at times that like we got earthbound at the start of the 90s and then after that <laughs> Every JRPG was just some sort of swords and sorcery bullshit. Yeah, there's some. There's yeah, your there's some, yeah, some sometimes, there's, sometimes there's an airship. Sometimes there's mech suits, but you know, sometimes you're in like uh, urban Tokyo. That happens every now and then. True. That one on, what was that one on the Wii U Kev, where you're also a pop star? Oh, Tokyo Mirage Sessions. <laughs> oh, well done for getting that yeah. one out. Remember, Tokyo yeah. Mirage Sessions hashtag FE to give it its full title. I love it. Love a love a good Japanese title. But um, yeah, but I, I've only just started this game and I think I've fought in four battles. I'm, I'm only I'm got a couple hours in. I think I fought four turn-based battles and watched two and a half hours of cutscenes. Okay. I'm not um, even joking. This thing, I, 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 I'm sure this thing is going to be cutscene heavy. In fact, that's kind of why I'm playing it. I'm kind of in the mood for something a bit cutscene heavy. Yeah. But even when saying that, this is one of the most front-loaded cutscene games I've ever played. Like, the amount of gameplay I've played in this first, like, three or four hours is negligible. And I've, I've had, like, backstories for at least three main characters, like, full flashbacks. There's a ton of melodrama. There's already been tears, crying. I've had, like, whole arcs. <laughs> I've done what's essentially the prologue to the game and a bit of the uh, second chapter. And uh, I'm enjoying it, but I would like now for it to kind of, um, kind of open up into a video game. Yeah. Yeah, so I can fu- so I can properly get a taste of this thing. Maybe in the next episode, I'll have a better opinion. But uh, right now, I'm enjoying it. But I feel like I'm kind of watching an anime more yeah, than playing a game. Awesome. Yeah, but uh, we're here to talk about uh, Resident Evil again. Mm-hmm. So last time we gathered to talk about this franchise, which is one of our both our favorite franchises, we talked about Resident Evil one, two, and three. This time, we're talking about Resident Evil five and six. So we're skipping one. But a super secret, um, anyone who doesn't know, anyone wants to kind of bridge these two episodes. I've talked about Resident Evil 4 before on this podcast. It's kind of hidden. It's on the episode called the Capcom 5, if anyone kind of wants to check that episode out. But I think it would make most sense, Kev, to just before we get into to 5 and 6, I kind of want, what do, what do you think really quickly about 4? Just so we have all of them covered between us, you know? Yeah, I think, um, like, a super uncontroversial opinion here. I think 4 is an absolute masterpiece. I think it's it's they obviously they made it as a reaction to sort of feeling like things were stagnating after like the the original trilogy and then things like Zero and Code Veronica um and the sales that started to tail off so they wanted to make something different. They took an absolute punt on something very weird with 4 and whether by accident or through intentionality I don't know. They made something absolutely fantastic. I think it's, it, before we kind of launch into 5 I think it's worth saying that tonally that thing is just like a big cartoon. 
Oh, yeah, like it's, it's very silly. Like, it's like a big silly action movie. Um, but it was the kind of um, the bridge between, um, like, obviously, it's one in between Resident Evil 3 and Resident Evil 5, obviously, but it's also kind of very much a bridge to Resident Evil's transformation in terms of jumping genre. And it, it, it's the moment when Resident Evil went more towards action than horror, but that transformation would continue in, in more kind of overtly action-y ways with Resident Evil 5. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, 4 had a huge influence on just the landscape of gaming at that yeah, time. Yeah, for sure. Just this sort of third-person, over-the-shoulder shooter type thing um, was sort of iterated on a lot after 4 came out. I suppose most notably uh, with Gears of War, mm-hmm. which kind of took that camera perspective and style of gameplay and maybe added a couple of things like um made it more cover based um added uh sort of a, a greater emphasis on sort of more fast-paced action and added a co-op partner who was either ai controlled or by another player so i kind of i don't know if anything has ever been said about it by capcom but i definitely get the feeling that they had at least one eye on gears of war when they got into making Resident Evil 5, because there definitely seems to be a through line there. I think the interesting thing about it is I think they had more than one eye. I think they had all their eyes on the (laughs) kind of evolving genre that came, ironically, in the wake of a game they made. They kind of influenced an entire genre, the third part. Not even influenced it, just almost birthed it, as you said. And then by the time Resident Evil 5 came out, they were kind of... (laughs) It almost felt dated in the wake of things that it had inspired, you know, that Resident Evil 4 had inspired. So this was like post-Uncharted, this was post-Gears of War. So it's kind of Resident Evil 4 went on to influence all these games and then Resident Evil 5 ended up being influenced by the games that Resident Evil 4 influenced in a kind of uh, mental roundabout way. I got lost in the middle of that. Yeah, but no, I think, I think you're right. I think it is kind of the, um, the, the, the snake eating its own tail type thing. It kind of came back full circle on them. Um, and I think you mentioned... Um, Resi 5 kind of seeming a bit dated by the time it came out. Um, and I think I, that's true to a certain extent, but I think it was, at least at the time, visually very impressive. Yeah, well, I remember when the first trailer came out and it was um, a redesigned Chris Redfield, who's the the main character of the very first Resident Evil game, and um, Code Veronica as well, but we're only dealing in the numbered ones here. Yep. But, um, and he was running through kind of an african town being chased by these infected people and i remember all the promise it was an incredibly impressive trailer graphics was i remember all these promises that were coming out in the uh, in the wake of that it was like stuff like capcom going on about how light would play a big deal in this game how um chris's yeah. chris's eyes would have to adjust the light when you go from indoors to outdoors and stuff like that really ambitious stuff that didn't make it into the final products hmm. yeah and yeah and i wonder what the kind of development of this game was like i wonder you know, was it too ambitious for its own good or did it kind of change because of other games that were being made? But what it eventually ended up being was a kind of very over-the-top co-op focused um, Resident Evil action game. And at the time, young Liam was sickened that this thing was co-op because I was such a big fan of Resident Evil 4. Such a big and not of the, people. And not of people, exactly. Well, I was scared of people, scared of people more than I was of a Resident Evil game. But I was like... um I just thought like Resident Evil is just such an inherently single player franchise, give or take a few um, niche outliers that, um, that came out before it on the PS2 and stuff. But um, yeah. for like um, the sequel to Resident Evil 4 to be kind of reliant on co-op, I, I was, yeah, I was disappointed. But um, say it outright, 
that's the kind of um the, but the conclusion I've come to these days is that the fact that this game is co-op is a saving grace. Oh, absolutely, yeah. It's it's one hundred percent. It's it's biggest selling point. It's it's the one thing it does right <laughs> in, in a way. Um, that that maybe is a little harsh. Uh, we might save some yeah. harshness for the back half of this episode, but um, the co-op, the co-op is definitely the 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 strongest element of it. You, I played this in two thousand and whatever two thousand and nine when uh, it was on the Xbox three sixty. So yeah. I've uh, I've had a lot of um, time to think about this game. At the time, I would have called it one of the most disappointing games I ever played. I was you know very dramatic around those times. You know, uh, in my early twenties, you know, most disappointing game I ever played alongside Banjo Kazooie, Nuts and Bolts. So that's how I felt <laughs> about it. But I do remember being severely disappointed with it, and a kind of reason for that is I played a single player. Yeah. So just to kind of um, set up the premise a little bit, you know, um, and the setting needs to be talked about more in just a little bit. Yeah. But, <laughs> but this is kind of this is the Resident Evil Four was set in um, rural Spain. It had kind of rural villages with pitchforks and the whole vibe. But this one was kind of um, kind of an African town at first, and then African wildlife. And you're Chris Redfield, and you're there. Do you know what? Resident Evil Four is story is like 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 a lot of Res- like like a lot of kind of Resident Evil games outside of Raccoon City, just really like whatever there's evil guys doing whatever but had really ridiculous elements like you're rescuing the president's daughter and stuff like that and it was very tongue-in-cheek i literally can't remember what what's chris trying to do in africa there's more even more bioweapons right yeah um i tried to like write out notes from memory <laughs> earlier to not look it up to see what i can remember so i think the plot is that chris is sent in to investigate a i don't know is it a terrorist or an arms dealer or someone who is apparently selling a version of the last plague as parasite, the the, the, the the zombie parasite from four worms, the worms, the wugums. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I think the idea is that you're sent in to investigate this arms dealer guy. And when you arrive, it turns out that the parasite has already been spread to the local population. Right. And shit hits the wall and your local, guide or partner is another agent um sheva alomar mm-hmm. who is the, the, the player too yeah she's player too and she hasn't appeared in the resident evil game again but whatever but um yeah so you meet up with her pretty early on and i remember um resident evil 5 despite it's really self-serious self-serious boring story it has like a really a lot of really cool set pieces in it but yeah. almost every aspect of that game was kind of hindered by having to play it with an ai partner especially when you have like limited item space i think you can you can both only hold like nine things each or whatever yeah. and you're kind of swapping between your ai partner and your ai partner was really trigger happy with healing you if you lost like a tiny bit of health she would literally chase you around with a precious first aid spray and you'd be like no don't heal me yet and stuff like that you know just, yeah. just like a, it like it colors the entire experience and it kind of it kind of anything that Resident Evil Five did well is kind of hard to um, appreciate when you're playing it by yourself. Yeah, I can imagine. I, I've I've never had the pleasure of playing it single player. I've only played it um, with yourself, so I I've never had to deal with that. But I have seen like a, a quote describing it online, where they're sort of saying that the the absolute scariest thing in Resident Evil Five is an AI control Sheva. With the first aid spray in her hand. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't heal me. Please don't heal me. I need that for later. It's, it's so true. It's 100% true. And that was kind of my impression of Resident Evil 5 for a long time. And at the time when it came out, it was hugely regarded as the the weak link in the series. Yeah. It was re- it was kind of really kind of um, turned on by fans who were like, Resident Evil 4 
was controversial in kind of going for more action um, than horror, but it was just so, I don't know, so, just so good, you know, that a lot of people couldn't, couldn't really kind of shit on it that much. Even if people preferred the straight horror of the old Resident Evil, like Resident Evil 4 was kind of hard to hate, hard to hate en masse anyway. But I remember Resident Evil 5 just being absolutely despised at the time. It's weird that it was it was despised by you know Resi fans and then still sold absolute gangbusters. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it was, was it was Capcom's best selling game for like nearly a decade afterwards. I think it was only Monster Hunter World eventually overtook it, which is absolutely insane. Because I, I was what I was going to say yeah is that I has I have this memory of it being absolutely despised, but I think it was just angry Resident Evil fans. I think the general public and the mainstream really glomped onto it in a big way. Yeah, but yeah, but I, its reputation as being just kind of hated Resident Evil game was something I carried for a long time in my heart, and I remember being really disappointed with it. But then I played it co-op. Yeah, and, and it's actually really fun. It's it's surprisingly <laughs> really quite good. Um, it it is it's fundamentally like there's two different games there. There's there's you know the tedious single player experience, and then if you can find some other mook who's going to play it with you, mm. it's pretty good. Yeah, so back in the day, I play. I ended up eventually playing it with my brother. Well, my, my brother and I got this game, and we we're both just like, you know, absolutely could have played a co-op immediately, but we just had such single-player heart, gamer hearts in us. We we're just like, oh, we both played individually. You know, this is a Resident Evil game that's not supposed to be multiplayer. We just didn't so, play it. So ah. you, you both played it essentially at the same time, but just both playing single-player. Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's exactly yeah. it. And then a couple of years later, we was like, I, I actually genuinely think it was around the time Portal 2 came out. Yeah. And we played that, and that has such an amazing co-op um, um, game in it that uh, I think we played that and we were just looking for anything to play together after. And we was like, we have Resident Evil 5. Neither of us have played it in years. So we ended up playing it. And it was, like I said, it was just a completely different experience. And I remember, yeah. I, I, genuinely would think, I genuinely think, like, without hyperbole, it's one of my favorite co-op experiences I've ever had in a game. Um, yeah, I think I'd go along with that. I think it, it, now, obviously, we played it quite recently, so it's still very fresh in my mind. But um, yeah, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, it does kind of feel like everything in the game is kind of tuned towards the co-op experience. Like, yeah, you know, there's greater enemy numbers. It kind of feels like the time to kill is a little bit higher than it was in four. They take a couple more bullets to go down. Yeah, um, there's more ammo around. It's kind of easier to to manage your your ammo at least for the first half for sure and there's no real focus on like conserving your shots or picking your fights the way there was in the earlier games and but i even think i even think just aesthetically the fact that it kind of doesn't like even resident Evil 4 had it's like moments as little set pieces of horror ones that are like quite tense i think just as an experience you kind of you kind of care less about the lack of horror in it because you know you're not alone and you feel kind of empowered by your you're having a teammate and i just feel like the whole game it just meshes together as an experience better when it's not this weird offshoot single player Resident Evil game when it's this thing that's designed to be played with a friend. It just completely yeah. makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And even like something that you, you called out a moment ago as something that was annoying in the single player is, you know, the having nine inventory spaces per character. You flip that when you're playing co-op, that's one of the things that absolutely shines. It yeah. is having to manage between the two of you who's going to take what. You know, do you have room to pick up this healing item or do we need to save that space for picking up a weapon or something? Or, you know, like we did, you know, allocating who gets which type of gun. Yeah, like I was the I was the sniper rifle and machine gun guy, you were the shotgun and magnum guy, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, that kind of thing. Yeah. And I, I like any co-op game that kind of um encourages you or it necessitates 
you having to chat all the time, you know? And whatever, Absolutely. you know, chat about your day. We keep playing Resident Evil and shooting some guys and be like, Kev, how, how was your day, man? You know, what's going on? But no, forget all that. Chatting about like, Kev, I need handgun ammo. Do you have any? <laughs> you know, I have a green herb. Do you have a red herb? Can we swap this? I think any kind of co-op game that has you constantly chatting about the game you're playing and kind of yeah. um, inspiring a lot of that, a lot of the conversation is great. And the fact that, yeah, like you said, the, the limited item space and stuff like that, the swapping items between characters becomes incredibly fun yeah. in two-player rather than one-player where it's absolutely tedious. Yeah, absolutely. And there's some um, there's some combat encounters in that game that are just absolutely sing in a, a, a co-op scenario. Yeah. I'm thinking of the, the one where one of us had to go, I had to go up on like a walkway and there was liquors climbing up down out of a pit. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. We had to coordinate like exploration and item management, conserving our shots, but then also killing big monsters and trying to stay alive. Well, yeah, I could see them. Fun. I could see them. I could see them climbing up um, out of these holes in the bottom of the walkway. And you could, so I was like, Kev, there's one coming up behind you, one in front of you. And, stuff like that. and then I'd be like, Kev, I absolutely whiff that one. He's, he's getting up. I didn't shoot him. <laughs> So I was down on the bottom floor kind of trying to snipe them and you were going up doing whatever the puzzle was. I think you just had to get across the walkway and pull switches but there's all these enemies coming and you're constantly talking and it's properly tense. Yeah. That's the thing. Five has such a reputation for being a bad Resident Evil game that it's kind of forgotten that it does have really good tense set pieces. Some are as good as the ones in four. They're not as numerous as four yeah. in, in their quality, but there are some like really good ones. Like, like to kind of take the feather from four's cap as well. There's a couple of good set pieces involving big fe- fellas with chainsaws mm. chasing you they're still as tense and as as <laughs> just nerve-wracking when you're being chased by a, a yelling enemy with a chainsaw you know yeah or i'm thinking of the um the combat encounter towards the end where there's the the two big guys with the gatling guns yeah that was that, that was genuinely fucking hard yeah that was a really cool arena it's like the, the level design in general in this game isn't great it's yeah. not terrible, but it's just it's a lot of just linear corridors or things that are linear corridors but disguised to look more interesting, but actually aren't. But this particular arena was pretty cool that there was like looping paths around those places where you could jump across, you get higher or lower in different platforms, and then just absolutely filled with enemies. Yeah, and it occurs after a boss that I think is it was kind of a crap boss. It was just, uh, you know, in Resident Evil fashion, one of the villains injects themselves with something and becomes a big squid or something, whatever, whatever, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But I think that boss was designed to be a bullet sponge. So you come out you come out the other end of it with hardly any ammo. And it was like probably the only time in the entire game we felt really stuck for ammo. And you think, yeah. oh, they're probably going to have a quiet moment here. But no, they throw you into that huge set piece uh, with all those enemies and you have to fight them off. And I remember the whole game, I made a rule. I was like, have we're not going to buy out in between missions. You can buy ammo in the shop or guns. I was like, no, we're not going to buy anything. Let's see if we can just do it with the resources. But when it finally came to that point, I was like, okay, we need to make a few purchases because we literally yeah. can't do this. Yeah. But it was just, good. I had to swallow our pride. Um, yeah, it was great, but, though, yeah. but I literally enjoyed it in terms of like, I liked feeling, you know, helpless. I like having to keep every, make every shot count. It was a, it was a really good memorable set piece. Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, yeah, you did mention the bosses there. I think that's one place where the game, doesn't hold up so well there's a couple of okay ones yeah there's, there's a couple of okay ones but the, there's like a lot of them kind of fall into either their repetitive bullet sponges like the one you just described squid um, lady squid lady yeah the gimmick fights like the one where you have to lure the boss into the furnace thing 
Yeah, that's kind of standard, isn't it? Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Um, or, that's kind of fun in co-op as well. It kind is. Kind of been like, oh, you be the one to lure it into the furnace, and I'm the one outside who will pull the switch. Just small stuff like that can make a co-op game just a little bit better, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And then you have like the, the final boss fight, which I think is a bullet sponge and a gimmick. Well, I think it needs to be said that this, in terms of the overarching plot of Resident Evil, this one had really um, big notions about itself, being this being this culmination. So it brings back like series regular villain um, Wesker, yeah. who is a Matrix vampire at this point, and he can kind of teleport around, and he's he has red eyes and stuff like that. And he's a fan favorite. And you know what? I like him as well. He's absolutely ridiculous. I like that there's a progression of ridiculousness through the games. I like that. I like Wesker. He's iconic for a reason. Blonde hair, sunglasses, silly anime villain in the middle of this survival horror. But he kind of drags the game down anytime he appears in Resident Evil 5 because they made him such a Matrix vampire. You can't yeah. just shoot him to hurt him. They have to come up with these kind of ways to like trick him. And they try to do it in a kind of co-op way where one person has to like fire a rocket launcher at him to distract him. And the other per- I can't even remember. It has to go up and put it. I remember it just sucked the energy out of, like, we played this online, but in the room I was in, <laughs> the room I was alone in, sucked the energy right out of it Anytime time you had to do these, um, these gimmicky Wesker fights. Yeah, that gimmicky Wesker fight, where I think one of us had to turn off the lights and the other one had to get in with the rocket launcher. Oh, that was shit. That yeah. was crap. I'm thinking of that one, and I'm thinking of the, um, the fight with Jill. You have to rip a, a mind control beetle off yeah. of the chest of series classic character jill valentine and the game gives no real indication of how many times you have to do this or what exactly you have to do and again yeah just drags the energy out of the room yeah uh, but i other than that i remember the boss has been okay like but there's like it you know it's so funny because it's it's such a 2009 it's such a kind of xbox 360 ps3 game where not only are the the wesker bits dragging the game down but even more kind of regular stuff like there's always going to be a bit you get on a gatling gun Yep. And you're just shooting lads off the back of a truck on motorbikes. And Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's always those moments. Like, I always hated those moments in, in in a lot of action games I've played where they kind of, here's a bit where you're sitting on a gun just shooting guys. And there's, it takes a very creative bit of design to make those interesting to me. And they're, they're, they're so of that time. But there's also going to be a lot of quick time events as well, which are also rubbish. But 4 had those too. 4 had them too, but they definitely feel more egregious in 5. Um <laughs> And I'm glad you brought them up because I just wanted, you know, on the record, recorded, that QuickTime events are maybe the worst thing humanity has ever done. And of, of all the things. Of, of all the things, yeah. And no video game should ever include them under any circumstances. And every one of them did. I know. Back then, I remember playing Shenmue on the Dreamcast, and that was the first time oh, God, I ever yeah. saw a QuickTime event, and I was very excited. I used to be genuinely excited as a little boy every time. I came to a quick time event sequence. Oh, press A to jump over box of apples as you're chasing man down the street kind of thing. Yeah. But um, yeah, even by you know time Resident Evil 4 came out, it was such a blemish on Resident Evil 4. The yeah. quick time events, the the cutscene where you miss pressing a button and you get stabbed in the chest and you have to do the whole cutscene all over again. And Resident Evil 5 has a ton of them. They suck. Yeah. There's yeah. a really good one at the end, actually, when it's the big dramatic moment where you're we're on a helicopter fighting um, Wesker, the Matrix mm-hmm. vampire. And uh, <laughs> and it's a big, it's a big, well animated anime fight scene. Good on them, Capcom, for making a cool fight scene. But then he gra- he falls out of a helicopter, but he grabs Sheva as he's going, and it's like a slow motion, like Chris Sheva, and their hand go towards each other, and and I guess a button popped up on yours. You were playing as Chris Kev, yeah, and I guess you were just chilling, watching the watching the cutscene. Yeah, you didn't think. 
I, 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 put... I got out on. I wasn't even watching the cutscene. <laughs> it, it happened a couple of times throughout our playthrough where I'd fail a quick time event in, during a cutscene because the plot is so absolute dog shit that I would regularly like not even look away from the screen. I would like put my controller down and like go do something else for a second. Yeah, but it made that scene so funny because it was supposed to be the emotional core, or the emotional climax, I should say, of the game and. Uh... I think cutscenes like that are, sorry, um, quick time events like that are uh, the ones that are built around dramatic cutscenes are so funny when you fail them because they're clearly designed not to be failed. <laughs> so, so they're kind of a pointless gimmick. Have you ever seen the video of um, someone playing uh, Heavy, Heavy Rain? Rain? Yeah, and, and yeah. intentionally failing all the, uh, all the quick time events. It's, yeah. it, it, it turns it into a, 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 a Pink Panther scene. It's so yeah. funny, just falling over everything. My it's, the closest, it's the closest to good a David Cage game has ever been. <laughs> it's my favorite. That and the Jason from <laughs> Heavy Rain are my favorite yeah. things that David Cage has ever done. Yeah. Did you see someone um, actually modded um, Stray, where instead of pressing circle to meow, you press circle to Jason? Oh, man. Now I know what I, I'm going to do this evening. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're going off track here. You, um, you brought up um, literally not watching cutscenes. And yeah, so the plot... Uh, like I said, it has notions about itself. It even has, I think it has the origin of the T-virus in this one, where like the original virus from Resident Evil 1, and it really yeah. set itself. It has Jill return, it has Chris return, it has Wesker return, all all main characters from the original game. It has, uh, supposed to be this big climax, but same, every time there was a cutscene playing, um, zoned out. We Either either like we'd be chatting over them, or like, I don't know, I could hear you making a coffee in the background or something like that, you know? Yeah, yeah. But, it, but it's... Um, it's a shame because Resident Evil 4, you know, has an equally kind of bland plot. But, you know, you always have Leon saying ridiculous things in the cutscenes. You know? <laughs> just He's like the stupid 80s action hero. Yeah, I think 4 benefits from having its, like, bizarre cast of supporting characters as well. Yeah. The, they're, all, they're all more charming and more interesting than fucking Matrix Vampire. Yeah, uh, but I kind of, kind of want to lumber towards so Resident Evil 5's kind of overall setting in its story. Yeah, it was a really controversial at the time, and we like I I don't know. Let, let's just bring it up briefly because I can't you can't talk about Resident Evil Five without bringing it up. But um, Resident Evil sure. Five was, was accused of being um pretty racist at the time because it's set in Africa. It has you like shooting a lot of uh, black characters and stuff like that to the point where they started adding you know really white enemies into the game and stuff like that. But it's not really that, is it? It's not really the idea of. You know, just the setting is Africa, and you play as a, a, a white American shooting them. It's just, it's just absolutely clueless. Yeah, it's like when that, when that first trailer that you mentioned earlier came out. That is, as you said, it's Chris like going through a village shooting zombies. The zombies happen to be uh, black people, and people didn't react particularly well to that trailer, um, for obvious reasons. And then the second trailer comes about a year later, and that's when Sheba is introduced as a player character um, who's African. And sort of, as you said, they started introducing the white zombies into the mix as well and sort of changing things up. And it's more that they seem to have no real understanding of the sort of the nuance behind setting a game like this in Africa. Yeah. Particularly because it's, it's set in a fictional country, but it is in West Africa, which, you know, is an area that was like ravaged by the slave trade, uh, suffered at the hands of colonialism for 
years and years. Um, so let's have all the locals become mind controlled by worms and have you with a shotgun, like just l- mowing through them. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm not saying for a second that I think that there was any sort of malice or hatred behind it. I don't. I don't believe fundamentally. I agree that with Resident you. Yeah. Five is a racist game, but I think it is absolutely, you know, racially insensitive. At least it, it's, it's. Yeah, not enough effort was put into the staff or any of the people behind the scenario in kind of making this kind of anything but insensitive. Yeah, there's some some of the the portrayals of some of the the, the characters in the game are. You know, they're just sort of lazy 1920s dark continent uh, yeah, you get stereotypes, out of, you, get, you know? You get out of the urban part of the game after the first third and you're like in the jungle and there's some like pretty bad shit in terms of enemy design out there. Yeah, yeah. It's just, it's, there's absolutely an interesting story to be told about setting a sort of a zombie style game or a Resident Evil game in a setting like that. <laughs> it wasn't Capcom. It wasn't... <laughs> They weren't going to be the ones to tell it. Exactly, yeah. It, it requires a bit of <laughs> subtlety or nuance or or listening to voices of people who are from that area and incorporating it. Because at the end of the day, like it's set in West Africa, but it's only really a surface level thing. Like There's, yeah. there's nothing inherently African or, or interesting in that way about what the game does. They've basically just put a lick of paint over it. To, to use this as the setting and it happens that the setting they chose is one where you play as a white man going around shooting black people fundamentally that shows you know a, a lack of understanding you know yeah i completely agree but at the end of the day the game ends with you kicking albert wesker into a volcano and shooting him with two rocket launchers so i think maybe they were focusing on that instead every resident evil game has been a bit silly. <laughs> That's true. You know, to, to say the least. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, we shouldn't expect too much from it. I just think, I don't think it's unreasonable to expect better than what we got there. I absolutely, I, that's perfectly said, Kev. I, I, do, I don't think it's unreasonable at all. Like, I, I'm not completely up in arms about it, but playing it back then and, and playing it now, it like, it, it absolutely stands out and it kind of doesn't ruin the game uh, not by not by a long shot but it, it it kind of sullies it it kind of makes it a bit lamer than it needs to be you know yeah for sure and, and listen like you like you mentioned a minute ago we're not we won't dwell on it um but i do just want to quickly shout out if anyone is interested in hearing a bit more about well resi 5 in general um and the sort of how the setting was handled um there's a video es- a video essayist slash youtuber called noah caldwell gervais who um has a great discussion on this game and literally every other Resident Evil game. It's like an eight-hour-long essay where he goes through the entire history of the franchise. All of it is interesting, but the Resi 5 section in particular is definitely worth a look. But if, if you want to, before you listen to that eight-hour video, if you want to go back and listen to some episodes in the catalogue of Hey, Look, Listen, you know, it's, it's, it's another good idea, Kev. There's oh, no bad ideas. Yeah, what you can do is you can go listen to episode 33, where we discussed the first couple of games. You can go listen to episode 12, where you discussed the Capcom 5 and Resident Evil 4. And then you can go listen to these other people. I'm like loving this whole thing where you like you literally you write down what the number of the episodes are. Yeah, well, people you've might done be interested, before, you know? You've done it before, and it, it, it shocked and surprised me and delighted me, and it just happened again. 
I gotta keep you on your toes. <laughs> Will we move on to Resident Evil Six? Oh, I suppose we should. <laughs> well, no, don't be downtrodden. It's Resident <laughs> Evil Six. Yeah. Um, uh, whatever about Resident Evil Five having some notions about itself, Six was kind of made to be even more of a culmination than Five. This yeah. was like let's bring all the main characters from the series together. Let's have more than one genre in the game. Let's kind of use what what we've learned making action games of Resident Evil Four, Resident Evil Five. Let's uh, have a culminate in Six. Let's uh, let's just make a fucking fifty hour long game. It feels like, but. Must be said, uh, neither of us played this one when it came out. No, we played uh, we played this together last year. Was it? Yeah, well, I think it actually took us about a year to get yeah. through it. Yeah, the kind of uh, perfect uh, immediate comparison between Resident Evil Five and Six is that Kevin and I would go online to play it, every, play Six every now and then, and because it was it was a fun game to play. We're going to get to that. It's a fun co op game, not quite in the same way that Five is, but it is a fun co op game. But you know, we weren't like, you know excited to play it all the time so it did take us about a year with everything going on in our lives to get through it while five we got through really quickly because we genuinely just like i was like kev are you doing anything tonight uh, i don't want to play resume five you know let's can we can we ignore our girlfriends and play resume five you know yeah uh, pretty much literally that yeah also um, i had covid and i was like kev <laughs> kev play play the game with me kevin you look so young <laughs> yeah, I'm glad I could help you through that difficult time. <laughs> Thank you. But Resident Evil Six. So I didn't play it when it came out. It came out um, 2011, 2011. 2012. Yeah, there and uh, yeah, and I just remember it being absolutely slated. Uh, but again, Kev, was I just looking at Resident Evil fans? Because didn't this sell even more than five? No, it, it actually didn't. It was close, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it, it didn't outsell five. Um, yeah, I think there is a quote that is attributed to the producer um, whose name I'm completely blanking on, but it doesn't matter. He, he's, he was the producer on six and he was producer on a lot of the previous Resi games. And he worked on like the Dino crisis. And is this, is this the director of the game or no, the producer, not the director, no, okay, the yeah, producer. Yeah. Um, but basically his, his quote pretty early on in the development of six is that their target was to create something that they were calling ultimate horror entertainment. <laughs> hey, you can't create something called ultimate horror entertainment because Texas Chainsaw Massacre already exists. Uh, fully agree. Yeah, absolutely. I don't buy into this this uh, this name naming convention here. Yeah, um, I mean, to me, that kind of sounds like corporate speak for we want to sell this to as many people as possible. Ultimate horror entertainment. Yeah, what a bunch of wank. Because <laughs> if if you if you look back on on Resident Evil Five. Yes. From from the retrospect that they had at that time. As you said, Resi fans had kind of pilloried it and had, you know, were complaining about the issues with it. But it sold gangbusters. So yeah. what's the what's the message of that sending to Capcom? Is that what the fuck do these fans know? Let's, <laughs> let's sand more of the edges off. Let's make this as palatable to as many people as possible. And in doing so, they made a game that is you know, let's not be around the bush. It's shit. It's a shit game. They made a monster. They made a. Mo- it is shit, but um, it's not as shit as I thought it was going to be. Actually, let me rephrase that. It's very. It's about as shit as I thought it was going to be by its reputation, but I still enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, I, I enjoyed it, but I enjoyed it. I think mostly because I played it with you. You know, 
I used to I used to work with a girl and we were talking about Resident Evil once and she was a bit younger than me and she this was one of her first Resident Evils and I uh, she really liked it. So do you think it's just like a generational thing, an age thing, Kev? Do you think if we played Resident Evil six or or, or more accurately, do you think this is just a bad video game? <laughs> I think it's fundamentally a bad video game. <laughs> it is. It's a mess, but it's fun to talk about it because it's such a mess. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I suppose we should get into the sort of the the, the setting and the structure of it. It's, oh, you do it. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> it is. I think is it four different campaigns? Oh yeah, I forgot there was four. Yeah. You so unlock a fourth one after finishing the other three, and usually if you unlock a secret fourth campaign in a game, you'd go like, ooh, secret fourth campaign. But I literally think you and I went, oh, fuck, we have to play this one now for completions. <laughs> oh, fuck it. Yeah. There's another one. Yeah. So it's it's kind of a, a semi-greatest hits of Resident Evil characters. You got uh, Leon Kennedy back from two and four. You got Chris back from several. Mm-hmm. You got um, everyone's favorite, Sherry Birkin. Yeah. <laughs> and and you have Ada Wong along with the cast of new characters. Um, what new characters? I think uh, they might have actually dripped out of my brain. Uh, yeah, Chris is with. I want to say Pete. I want to no, say Pierce. Oh shit! It is Pierce. I was going to say Josh. I think that's a forgettable <laughs> character from Resident Evil Five. Actually, yes, there is a Josh in Resident Evil Five. Yeah, <laughs> Pierce. Piers. Piers. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Worst Resident Evil character ever. Completely uh, forgettable. Yeah. Oh no, what about uh what about the guy in Zero? Billy Corgan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty bad too. <laughs> oh no, there's Oh no, it's uh in Co Veronica. Oh Steve Burnside. Steve, yes. Yeah, no, that's Steve the worst can get character. Fucked. That's the worst character. He uh he he turns into a ghoul and dies. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> We're not doing Resident Evil Code Veronica for reasons. And we never that's will. A, but there, there's a nice little succinct summary of Steve Burnside's character. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, each of these uh, campaigns uh, features two characters, so it's playable in co-op. They all take place around the same sort of time frame, and mm. each of the stories interweaves and intersects in different ways. So the idea is that you got to play all the campaigns to get a full picture of what has happened over the course of the story. Intricate, intersecting narratives happening in our Resident Evil game here. Intersecting for sure. I don't know if I'd give it intricate. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Chris is... Oh, Chris honestly, I can't... Man, I, you're very brave for beginning with Chris's campaign. <laughs> yeah, I have right. no memory of that. I, I do remember it begins with him drunk in a bar because he's all washed up now and he's wearing like a turtleneck and a gold chain. <laughs> yeah. That was brilliant. But And, and then he's... And does he have amnesia? No. Yeah, 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 he does. I know I think- this isn't this isn't us being unprepared doing our podcast. It really is just a very forgettable game. Usually we do milestones and masterpieces, but yeah, Resident yeah, Evil I- uh, Resident Evil Six has like twenty hours of cutscenes. It feels like I can't retain this. You know, <laughs> yeah, and not one of them is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, Chris is he feels guilty because he got his team killed. He got his team deaded. Um, and uh, Pete, Piers, Piers is there to talk him to coming back into the service. Um, Leon. Leon's is, is the most memorable one. Now, yeah, to, to, yeah. 
time Leon to is step in, up and do a bit of a positive stool here. Yeah, he's um he's investigating a terror attack in which the president of the United States gets turned <laughs> into a zombie. It Just, begins dramatic with him dramatically going, "No, Mr. President, you're my best friend." It literally is almost dialogue like, dialogue like that. Like, you're yeah. my best friend, even though he's like he's been on like three zombie adventures at this point. Yeah. president has full-on turned into a zombie in front of him. He's like, I can't kill you, Mr. President. Think about our bond. But then he has to shoot him in the head, and he's fucking sullen about it for the rest of the game. Yeah, pretty much. Um, Jake and Sherry, then, I think, is it that Jake is the son of Albert Wesker? He's the new vampire Matrix, Matrix yeah. Dracula, whatever we're calling him. And is there something that his blood is some sort of cure? It's a cure. Something? His blood yeah. is a cure. That's the MacGuffin. Yeah. And then the Ada campaign is Who that there's, cares? Yeah, there's actually two Adas, and one of them is like a clone or something, and one of them's bad and one of them's good. But which one? I can right? just imagine them though sitting there in Capcom is like smoking a series like a lot of our fans want to want to fuck that Ada one character, and some intern or some oh, janitor outside <laughs> <laughs> sweeping's like, why don't you make two of them Ada Wongs and fucking give that man a medal or so whatever? But yeah, no, I, I like uh, the idea that the janitor went in after everyone else had gone home. It was like a whiteboard. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just drew a crude stick figure of a second Ada. <laughs> uh, yeah, that, that's true. There's two Adas. But I was more in saying that Leon's one is interesting, Kev, because it, a lot of it takes place in uh, a viral outbreak in China. Yep. And it was pretty cool, actually. Yeah, yeah. The The game setting kind of jumps. There's bits in like Eastern Europe. There's bits in the US. There's a lot of it towards the end centers around this outbreak in a Chinese city where like, there's some some gas bioweapon gets dropped and basically the entire city is instantly just fully zombified. Now, Resident Evil has done zombified cities before, but this is kind of its only depiction of one that seems to be it's happening around you. Yeah. So you're seeing crowds of people being like turned into zombies before your eyes and it's kind of mass panic, almost like the, the Raccoon City of the old games in Resident Evil 2 and Resident Evil 3 and stuff like that. You kind of feel like you're in... Um, uh, destroyed streets uh, after the fact where zombies are, are are shambling around but you kind of like i don't have much nice thing genuinely nice things uh, unironically nice things to say about six but i think its depiction of um the city kind of going to hell around you was pretty good yeah absolutely that is memorable for the setting but then the gameplay in Liam in Leon's campaign, did you is, mix up L- Liam with me with Leon S Kennedy? That might was, be the nicest thing you've ever accidentally said to me. I was really hoping we could breeze through that. But... No way, man! <laughs> why? Why would I ever breeze through that? I don't know. <laughs> no way, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, well, let's talk about the gameplay because I want to talk first about how um, inferior it is, inferior it is as a co-op game to five. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's something that was amazing for me was playing six first as we did and then playing five afterwards yes and seeing all of the the co-op elements in five that just kind of work really well the things like sharing across the inventory the sort of combat encounters and puzzle encounters that are designed around having two separate human brains yeah. to work out what to do and i'm just baffled as to where did all those ideas go when the time came to make six because because it's it, it is very overtly still clearly designed with co-op in mind. They want you to play this thing two player. Yet they didn't really design anything interesting to be done in two player. Yeah, and um, to, to the point where like like I said, like it's such a small thing, but 
you know, in, in when we're playing Resident Evil Five, just a small example, you have you had the shotgun, Kev. I had the machine gun. So you come across, I'd come across shotgun ammo, and I either I'd say, Kev, the shotgun ammo over here, or if you're in the middle of battle, I pick it up for you and we trade after. It's just a small thing, but that just feels good for a co-op game. You feel like you're a team. It just it feel it's engaging. Yeah, it's, it's literally cooperation. Like, oh, very good. You're right. How did I how did I never see it before? But Resident Evil Six does away with even that tiny little aspect where. If you pick up a box of ammo, it just goes into both our inventory. Yeah. I found out today while looking at stuff before doing this record that apparently that only happens in the online co-op. That if you play if you play if you play split screen, as in two people couch co-op, you know? Yeah. That you can then pass items back and forth across your inventory. They didn't have technology to do it through the internet. Apparently so. But they did in five. Which is older. Which is older, yeah. That's very interesting. And I feel, I almost felt like you that was almost a gotcha moment that you're like, but Liam, you were wrong. It actually does have this aspect. But now I'm kind of like, no, fuck him. Why didn't they have it in the online version? Yeah, absolutely. It's, 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 it's like they unlearned all <laughs> of the video. You have to make video games. Yeah, it's like, it's like they, they looked at Five. They went, okay, we kind of shot the bed on the single player here, but we got things right with the co-op. What do we do with the next game? Let's and add, make sure to leave out the stuff that we got right and go from there. And then add to this what must be one of the worst inventory systems I've ever encountered in a game. That yeah. confused me every time I played the game. The, the amount of work you have to do to both you know, like combine a red and a green herb and also put it in a place where you can use it. It's just like four extra steps necessary than all other Resident Evil games. It's the worst thing. Yeah, it does feel like that they were trying to reinvent the wheel with a lot of the systems in the game where, like in previous games, you'd combine a red and a green herb and then that item would be a full heal and then you'd just take that item and you would heal fully. In this, you combine items to make different amounts of herbs and then you put those herbs into a case where they turn into like pills and then you can take those pills to heal a little bit at a time. You can put them on a or one hotkey kind of thing, yeah. and then yeah, 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 yeah. I can't. It's kinetic, even remembering it. And then a, a, another system that Six kind of leans into that I absolutely hate was the sort of vague RPG elements. Oh yeah, you gain points and you can level yeah. up your like your melee, your your whatever. Your yeah. Where five has the same as four, really, where you just you you can get treasure, you can sell the treasure for money, you can use the money to upgrade your guns or to buy items from the shop. And that was another fun part of the cooperation where in between levels, you and I would be discussing what guns we can upgrade, comparing like what benefits we'd get from upgrading what, where. And And just to make it clear, you and I never talk about guns unless we're playing video games. Okay. It's only video game guns we talk about. Yeah, absolutely. Say it on Uh, the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) I will not. I'm told. Uh, yeah, no, there's there's no reason for any human being to have firearms in this planet. But in the Resident Evil version, they're good for killing zombies. <laughs> I, I completely agree. No, it literally was kind of like, oh man, I only have, like, we'd be there, like, in the, in the screen between missions, be like, I only have enough money to upgrade my, you know, my machine gun or my rifle. And then, you, and then we just, we'd give each other advice about it. Another good kind of just a co op aspect, you know? Yeah. And then you in want. six, you gain your skill points that you can then allocate to upgrade your defense so you take 5% less damage against yeah, that rosy green rice or something negligible <laughs> negligible shit that you can't care about like yeah. 
Yeah, and then we'd, we'd, we'd have the opposite conversations where we'd hit that screen every time and just be like, are you getting anything? It's like, no, nah, I don't care. Nah, I couldn't be bothered. No, I don't care. I, yeah, I can't. I, I got Melee Level 2 or something, but I don't know. But um, speaking of Melee Level 2, um, talking about the gameplay. Now, each campaign has slightly different style of gameplay. Slightly. Ever so slightly. But uh, just for example, Chris is kind of, Chris's campaign is trying to be a kind of bastardization of a cover-based shooter sort of with more enemies who are shooting you with guns as well, rather than just monsters and stuff. Um, oh, what's his name? Little Dracula? Jake. Jake Jake has more kind of combat abilities that, um, I'm sorry, melee abilities. But anyway, I just kind of, just to use kind of Leon's one as a kind of example, it, it is fundamentally a worse shooter than five, I would say, but it adds a kind of a lot of modern movements onto it, so you can now move while aiming and stuff like that, which was always controversial in four and five, but it was always kind of um, a decision based around the level design and the gameplay. You wanted to limit your movement in the game, you know, to make you kind of less powerful, but I think six very much leans into the fact that this is a straight-up shooter, yeah. and, but what's what's great about it, great slash crap... <laughs> which, which is which is kind of my feelings about this entire game is that like i said kev the, the setting that chinese city being overtaken by a, a zombie apocalypse like in real time almost like a, what a harrowing what a harrowing setting for a horror game right or action game even so why not have two main characters literally kung fuing their way through it all because the way the gameplay is designed in this game the melee is so good it's so strong so you'll be there with your guns but like It'd be a lot of me and you just like running into zombies and like the, the melee in this game is so over the top kung fu-ish as well. It's so funny. And yeah. you can slide across the ground like John Woo style while shooting your gun. The whole thing is just completely at odds with each other in terms of like the tone and then what your main characters are doing. But I'm not saying this as a negative. It's one of the saving graces of Resident Evil 6 because you laugh so much when you're playing it because it's so <laughs> yeah. silly. It's so stupid. Yeah, um, I think silly is a word that we use a lot when we talk about Resident Evil. And I think when it leans into the silly, it can often shine, you know? And I think that is one of the stronger parts. This of... is an accident, though. This is an accidental silly. Oh, absolutely. No, this is not intentional at all. I'm not giving them any credit for this. I'm just saying it was a lot of fun. Um, there's some, there's some like uh, context, context-specific melee attacks as well. Like, I remember there's one where you're in a bathroom and if you hit the zombie... With a melee attack, you could like crack his head off a sink and stuff. I think we were kind of I, there's some parts of this game. This game has to be said is like way too long as well. Yeah. So I generally think there was a part of the game I can't remember what it was um, where we were kind of sleepwalking through it. Through it, we were just playing the game. We were hardly chatting, and I think I did that context sensitive cracked a zombie's head off a toilet. I I perked up. I was like, oh my god. And you're like, what? I was like, Kev, the game just did something interesting. Yeah. I think I meleeed an enemy at a specific place and I cracked his head off the toilet. I was like, oh, that's actually good. I don't think I'd complimented the game in 15 hours, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, it does kind of feel like with the whole game that they were trying to draw in not just characters, but elements from all the previous games as well. That yeah, yeah. I think the, the Leon campaign is intended to feel more survival horror-y. It, yeah. it, it doesn't. But I think I do feel like that was the intention for it. There are slower parts. I, I do remember you go down into kind of a crypt at one point. Yeah. And it's more interior and corridor-y. And there's a couple of like classic Resident Evil puzzles where you have to like move pillars or statues or some yeah. shit. It was almost kind of like I this is just conjecture on my part now, but it was almost kind of like they were looking, they were kind of hedging all their bets in the sense they were kind of like 
some fans like the straight up horror some fans like the action we'll give all the action elements to chris and then we'll give the survival horror elements to the leon campaign but it was such an inelegant yeah. badly execute if, if this was the plan inelegant and badly executed way to kind of spread uh gameplay styles across this game yeah absolutely and then even like the the jake and sherry campaign has a like nemesis style persistence well, I, I forgot that i forgot that existed Giff. i'm yeah. not even joking was he what was his deal again f- no saw did yeah. he have a saw? What was he it? Had, he had a cage on his back and he would like try to grab people and put them in his cage. I don't remember that. That's not real. Is oh, it? Oh God, I might have made that up now. No, I think that's real. Didn't he have something on his, instead of an arm, didn't he have something like an axe or a chainsaw or something? Yeah, probably. Just bad design. Just bad. I can't yeah. remember him. Like, can't remember him. Yeah, there's a, a lot of this game is quite forgettable. It is. And, and it's like, and because it's so long as well, like I was saying there, like uh, early on in the Leon campaign, where we were just like, I remember there was a bit where we were in a, a train tunnel, like a subway tunnel, and we were fighting kung fuing zombies sliding around our back, and then suddenly a train came out. Oh shit, the train just killed me. Yeah. You know, and it is really funny. It's kind of like, oh, I didn't realize there was trains that could come, and it's kind of like a, a funny little fun set piece to do. It's all very ridiculous. But it kind of, the game itself is so kind of long and drawn out, it sucks the energy out of you. Even when you're enjoying it, it doesn't last long. And a lot of my memory of this game is kind of being bogged down in it, especially since whatever it was, us playing it online, it fucked up our saves a few times and we had to repeat a good bit yeah. of this game. Oh, God, yeah. It so shows how dedicated we were <laughs> yeah. to getting through it. I was thinking, got to get through for the Hey Look Listen episode. <laughs> got to repeat this goddamn set piece again. Or sometimes we had to do whole areas again. Yeah. I don't know if that's a criticism towards the game. I feel like it is, but it could have just been something with us as well. I don't know. Yeah, it could, online. It, yeah it could have just been like issues with internet action on our side. But I would say that if it was a better game, then replaying those <laughs> sections wouldn't have been as much of a chore. Yeah. But it's, it's so funny, like you just said, like the that guy who was chasing you in the in the sherry and... Oh, what's his name? Jake, still Jake. Jake, so I can't remember the Sherry and Jake. I I don't remember that. There's like a lot of this game that, that just blanks because they're each campaign are are about as long as a, almost about as long as a regular Resident Evil. Yeah. So I can remember like the broad strokes, but I don't know how it all fits together. Like I don't remember why, but isn't there a bit where you're in a city and you're fighting like gigantic creatures for ages? Like there are these guys and they're attacking oh, the city. Oh yeah, there's like some some like giants that you have to <laughs> uh, giants yeah you have to shoot a spike on their back or something yeah i i don't remember oh, what the story with that i'm is. sorry i'm sorry for bringing it up to be honest i can't retain them do you know, do you know what i can't remember kev in the fourth campaign that you unlock which is ada's campaign uh ada is uh ada's campaign is designed to kind of be set all around the other three to give you the the kind of secret elements of the story that you that you didn't see before. It's entirely shit and probably the worst one. Who cares? Oh, but absolutely. they designed all the other ones to be co-op, obviously. So to have two main characters. But the Ada campaign, story-wise, only has Ada. So at first we were like, oh shit, maybe we can't play this co-op, which would which would be kind of terrible design to base like uh, two uh, three quarters of your game all co-op and then have one where you can't. But it turns out you can. You just you're just given a generic soldier character. Player two is given just generic kind of what do you call him kind of SWAT guy yeah his name um, is Agent Agent who's just not even in the cutscenes but he's just someone player 2 can play as but I played as him I was him and I thought it was really funny that I wasn't even in the cutscenes but the best thing about it is that he's Ada is just for anyone who doesn't know is just sexy 
Japanese anime girl in a red dress, they clearly just use Ada's model for this uh, agent character. So whenever you're crawling to air vents, he does it in the most like sexy pose way. And he's just like, your face is right in that wagon. He's dragging. <laughs> yeah. D- did you so know funny? It was, so, <laughs> it was great. Yeah. Did you know, Liam, I can't remember if we spoke about it. Did you know that it, the, the game launched without agent? He, he was patched <laughs> in later. It was just single player. I'm so dumb. It's so like, I don't understand why they do that. Why would they, we're going to design the big finale of the game, the secret chapter that kind of ties the whole thing together. And uh, But if you played it in co-op, you're shit out of luck. Yeah. But I'm glad they put Agent into it. He's one of the most memorable things about it. Like, somehow he became one of the most memorable things about it. Yeah, the fact that he turns invisible during cutscenes and has a dumb truck ass. <laughs> you actually, your mic cut out slightly when you said that, so it sounded like you were, like, really far away. I don't know why that made it funnier. I don't know. <laughs> no, I, I pulled back. That was just for me. <laughs> oh man but uh here here here. any final thoughts on either game on both games even um well i suppose final thoughts on six is that i really enjoyed playing it because i enjoyed hanging out with you yes Um, no no i'm not even trying to be kind of wholesome i know what you mean it is yeah i say playing that game alone would be a fucking nightmare but because all the elements it is fun to play with a friend and i would recommend it in that sense yeah, with with the caveat that like it's way too long, and it, every cutscene is shit, and all the characters are shit, and it, the game is shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say if you are looking for a co-op game to play with a friend, absolutely wholeheartedly can recommend Five. Yeah, it it plays great. There's you know the the setting isn't handled particularly well. I don't think it's a deal breaker, um, but Six is woeful. It's it's the worst Resident <laughs> Evil game. Yeah. Um, it's what maybe just one of the worst games. But it one of the worst mainstream big budget games. Uh, yeah. I don't even think it's in the last ten year bracket. But in my memory, I'm just going to say. But I will say I will reiterate. I had fun playing it. Yeah, absolutely. I would prefer it if it was like a 15 hour game, maybe rather than like what? Uh, you know, actually, no. I would prefer it if it was like a 10 hour game. What is it like? 20? It feels longer just because of the nature of the game because it's it's all action. It just feels way too long. Yeah, I th- I think because we played it over such a space out of time, I'm not sure. Yeah, exactly. But it did definitely feel like each campaign was about the five hour mark. Yeah, I had a good time playing it. I I would kind of I can't quite hate it, even though I think it's bad. But what I what I will say is kind of my kind of um, closing thought is that. Resident Evil 5 and Resident Evil 6, you know, you always hear, or at least I always did for years, amongst the kind of fans on, on the internet that they're considered the kind of black sheep. They're the worst two. They were the time when Resident Evil really lost its horror roots. But I think the reputation that reputation is probably apt for 6, but not for 5. It's actually really good. And I think I prefer it over, like, as a co-op game, I think I prefer it over some traditional Resident Evils. I definitely prefer it over, like, Resident Evil 0. I definitely prefer it over Cold Veronica. Uh, Absolutely. I, yeah, I've put it up against Resident Evil 3 Nemesis pretty... I don't think it's better than Nemesis, but I, it's not bad. Like, it, its reputation as being a bad Resident Evil game is not earned if you're playing a co-op. Yeah, exactly. With that provision, like, uh, play a co-op, do not play a single player. Um, you'll have a pretty good time. If you finish that and you want to do some more, take a look at 6, but you can't say we didn't warn you. It's shit. Well, the, well, the best thing 6 did was that it... I think it sold really well, but... It had such a kind of negative reputation, and also I didn't think it sold quite as well for the amount of money they put into it, that it literally um, necessitated the entire reboot of Resident Evil, which began with Resident Evil 7 and made Capcom rethink the whole thing. So kind of 
Six's failure kind of led to what I would consider the new golden age of Resident Evil that started with Seven. So that's good. Yeah, absolutely. It's a it's a small price to pay. Maybe we'll get to Seven someday, Kev. Yeah, that's a it's a game I absolutely love. I'd, I'd love we, to chat about it. We got a thing going here now. Like I said. Uh, We've talked about Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 before, if you missed that one. Uh, no, we talked about Resident Evil 1, 2, and 3 before, and 4 is a little hidden one in the Capcom 5. And, God, that's a lot of Resident Evils mm-hmm. doing it. But uh, thank you so much for joining me, um, viewers. Not, not even talking to you, Kev. Thank you so much for joining me and Kev on this episode about Resident Evil 5 and 6. And, Kev, thank you so much for joining. No problem at all, buddy. Anytime. And if you could share the podcast with friends that would be aces everyone but until next time thank you so much bye 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 bye